Well, everybody, how's it going? I'm croaky as fuck, would be the saying, because I was greedy with the beers and the whiskey and the Sambuca on Friday, Sunday night. And so I spent 9 a.m., I would say, until about 2 p.m. projectile vomiting anything that I tried to put into my system. So um, I must have woke up at nine o'clock and thought, why have I done this to myself? I am so sore from a marathon and um, my stomach is in a bad way. I had no idea how I was going to make it back to Belfast. In fact, I was concerned about the taxi journey from my hotel to my buddy's hotel who was giving me a lift and rightly so after 10 minutes in a taxi i had to go to the bathroom and throw up we're halfway halfway out of dublin on the through the tunnel and i'm throwing up out the side of the car on the side of his car it was a terrible start to the day um, but if ever i earned a, a hangover um that would that was it um so yeah sorry i'm a bit um croaky i i didn't do a podcast yesterday because as you can imagine I was not super positive yesterday. Yesterday was a very tough day for me. Um, but I did get back to Belfast and I actually had a physio appointment at three o'clock that I, I had cancelled at one o'clock, but then I rescheduled it back in again after after a box of Pringles and a can of Coke. That seemed to send me back on my way to being slightly positive about life again. So I went and had some massage and very, very like nothing crazy, just like a light massage. Um, and then I had a, I sat in the steam room for about 15 minutes, sweat out some of the, the badness. And then I had a, I think I lasted eight minutes in the ice bath and I was just being a bit of a pussy. And I, and then I got out because I was shivering and freezing cold. So yeah, holy fuck. Um, Dublin was a good day. <laughs> um, I, I think I've known, I, I've known for two weeks, three weeks. Um, definitely two weeks, you know, I didn't know what was happening the week after Doha, but the minute I did a session, you know, I did that podcast two weeks ago. If you're a new listener, listen to my podcast from, I think it was Saturday, just, just over two weeks ago, this Saturday morning. And I do two podcasts in the same day because for everyone that listened to that, like, you know, I was, it was in a really bad way mentally. Um, you know, I just picked up the sore throat and, you know, coming off the back of the disappointment of Doha and, and but then I go and and I I I think I talk about it on the podcast that I needed a sign I needed like something to go well I, I needed like some positive reassurance and um I also tweeted the text messages the exchange between my coach which was the Friday night before that Saturday morning session and you know I I really was disappointed with the sport a bit and and sad that I hadn't felt that competitive at major championships and look it's not it's not like everyone's going to be thinking, you know, like, oh, days like yesterday make it worth it. And, or sorry, what day are we? Days like Sunday. And and they do, you know, the, the, the one of the exchanges with my coach was, you didn't feel that way after London, did you? Because London was really good to me when I came 12th, you know? And he's right. And, and it's it sucks. And it sucks that um, a lot of the time as runners, you know, we don't have good days. Um, it, that hurts me when I don't have a good day and it hurts me to see it when other people don't have good days because I know how that feels. Um, yesterday, it, it was a very special day for me, but there was nothing special about the run itself. The run itself was just, 
it was just discipline, you know. It, it, it there was just a level of discipline to it that there was a couple of times we went up a few hills and and I got dropped and 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 that I had to be okay with that. Um, you can't race twenty six miles. I, I maybe you can when you're eventually fit enough, but I know that I can't. So there was a lot of parts of that race where I had to back off and and on my left hand it said ego patience hills and and so every now and again I had to just take a glance down because I'm running and until about mile 15 16 Mick had dropped me he was gone because I there was rules I had set rules and the rules was that before mile 16 my heart rate wasn't allowed to go over 165 um and I think I, I think I broke the rules in some of the miles, but very few. Like if you go to Strava and you have a look, um, like I mean, I can tell you right now on the the podcast I sent the picture to um Haas yesterday, but you're looking at one six five, one six five, one six five. The only so mile fourteen and fifteen, the at my average heart rate. That's the first time my average heart rate for the mile went above one sixty five. Um. And those rules, so so the reason I wrote ego on my, my hand, and I, I meditated the morning before the race, and the reason I do that is because you have to warn yourself about what's going to happen, and I had to warn myself that you might find that you're running with like Irish guys, like David Flynn and Hugh Armstrong, and you know, Mick had dropped us, and you've got to swallow your fucking pride, and you can't get involved, you cannot race until after mile 16. And so basically I had to run, look, paying attention to my heart rate and nothing else, right? Just heart rate, just run. If they were sitting on me, which they were, all mile 14, headwind, uphill, and I have two guys sitting on me. Um, and, and so it would be very easy for me to push too hard at that point and like let my ego get the better of me. Patience, and I just had to ride it out. And that was a really tough mile, mile fourteen. It was my slowest of the race. Um, but then we get to mile seventeen. So once sixteen was done, I start running sub five minute mile pace, and I push the heart rate up to like one sixty eight, one seventy, one seventy one, one seventy two, etc., etc. I knew I was capable because that's what I had done in Houston. Houston was similar temperature, but a bit colder. So I knew. I knew it was the kind of heart rate that I'm capable of running a marathon, especially if I keep if I keep it if I kept it low in that first half, um, and I didn't do anything stupid up the hills. I knew if my hamstrings were good to me, I knew it was very likely that it could be a very good day, and I could hammer home. How I finished Dublin is how I would have finished Houston if I didn't have the hamstring problems, um, and and I knew it. You know, I, I tried to tell people on the podcast and I, I I didn't know how to say it without sounding like I'm making up excuses, but three fucking hours of yoga a week, you know, um, and even saying that out loud, you know, that's February, March when you were tuning in and I was going to yoga three times a week for what, for today or for Sunday, you know, that's a long time. You don't get a huge benefit from it. You don't, but but you do on days like Sunday when it just lets you run home and it lets you race home properly. Um, other people are maybe blessed and their hamstrings don't tighten up like mine do. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun day, a really fun day. Um, and and I was so you have no idea how like proud I am of the podcast and everybody listening. And 
everybody supporting that. Like, you know, it, it, it has changed my running career. Not that I ever needed a reason to run and things like this, but it's just changed it because I don't, I don't just run for me anymore. You know, I, I really feel like when I'm out there, there's all the listeners and a lot of the listeners were on the course and it's really, it's really, really powerful. You guys have no idea how powerful that is. Um, and so, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I should also thank, you know, the, the whole last two weeks hasn't just been me. Um, it, it's been all the people that I can count on, like, the, you know, the physio staff at Sinai and, um, Athletics Northern Ireland for setting that up. And, um, things have just came together really nice, really smoothly. Um, I, you know, I had a bit of a food issue with where my proprioceptor muscles are. I had to have my psoas released twice last week because they were just pretty tight and it was causing me a bit of hip flexor issues. Um, I can't do that by myself. So if it was just me, you know, and I went to, I went to the start line, I probably would have had a sore hip flexor by mile 16. Um, and then there's no way you're racing home. You're, you're like, you're struggling home. So things like that are really important. I also had, I think, four sports massages in the last two weeks. Um, a little bit more than usual, but I wanted to make sure Doha was completely out of my legs. And I also just wanted to make sure nothing, nothing like I needed my hamstrings to be in a good place, my quads. I, I just needed them to be as loose as possible going into the race. Um, and I knew then in the first like 14, 15 miles, I might not feel amazing because of all the treatment and everything going on, but I knew it gave me the best chance of being able to get home. Um, so there, it was a really disciplined race and there was a locking on, you know, a lot of little inner battles and I, I got there by mile 20 and I sort of thought to myself, okay, I think, I think one of the battles is over, which is the time thing. I knew I could get home. I knew I was feeling good. My only concern was I, I was running, you'll see on Strava that I ran a 449, yeah, 449 downhill, 448 downhill. So a couple of the downhill miles, um, I'm running in the 440s and it just was filling my legs with a bit of lactic, like my quads. So my concern was, oh shit, like I hope my quads don't go here. Um, but apart from that, I knew that battle was sorted. Um, and then I just had to catch Mick and like I was catching him really fast. I, for ages, I wasn't until maybe about mile 17, I wasn't. And then when I started running sub five minute miles, I could just see that it was only a matter of time. And then I didn't know what would happen when I caught Mick. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how he'd respond or if he'd, if he'd like push me or if he'd like, but I was ready for it because, you know, I meditated that morning. And one of the things I wrote in my pre-race plan was if you pass people and they latch on to you, just keep running your own race. Don't let it, don't let it affect. Don't like, don't get, don't get like anxiety. Don't like try to push too hard to drop them too quick. Just run your own race and they'll either keep up with you and beat you or, you'll you'll just slowly run away from them when i when i passed basically when i passed mick it felt it felt like the 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 minimum requirement for the day was done um and and whether you believe me or you don't listen to my podcast from saturday afternoon and i told you guys when i did my session this morning it didn't just tell me i can do dublin it told me i could win dublin right of course, then I go on to say, actually, I haven't even seen the field yet, so I don't know if I can go and win Dublin. But 
I also told my friends last week that I, I truly believed I could make it on the podium. And that's when I'd seen the field. And um, when I did my fitness test on Monday, and this is what I didn't tell you guys because, well, I, I don't know what which of my competitors listened to like the podcast, if any. Uh, and so like there's some things that I, I, I share openly and all the time and transparency and stuff. But basically, I, and I didn't even work this out until the middle of the week. But we did a wee fitness test on Monday. Um, and I had done a similar fitness test before, um, London Marathon in 2018. Um, and so there was a, you know, we have a direct comparison. The test I did in before London in 2018 led to me running 215.55. It was just seven by mile and you fluctuate speed. So you have a minimum speed, which is, uh, 18.5 kilometers an hour. And then you have a maximum speed, which is 19. And I think 18.5 is about 216.30 in a marathon. And then 19, I believe, is about 214 or 213.30. Anyway, Ricky sent me the results over, Richard McCann from Sinai. And I wrote back saying, thanks, Ricky. Puts a few question marks around Doha that after Dublin will need to be addressed, but it's a good sign for this weekend and a good sign that the training being done has moved me in a positive direction. I watched a marginal gains document by Team Sky and they test their own riders and compare that kind of profile that wins the Tour de France with their riders. Then they take a step back and they say, how do we get our rider from where they are now to where they need to be? Data doesn't lie. London Marathon, without favourable conditions, I ran inside our two benchmarks. That's what I just told you, 18 and a half to 19 kilometres an hour. It ended up being an average of 18.65 kilometres an hour, or close to that, which we predicted based on the number back then being 1.3 millimoles and 1.7 millimoles within those margins. Two things that happened today. We confirmed two things that happened that day. We confirmed that a well-trained Stephen Scullion can go the distance at between 1.3 to 1.7 millimoles of lactate. And the testing helps us to understand our fitness pre-marathon. The kind of test we need to be capable of doing is probably 19.5 to 20 kilometers an hour as the two benchmarks. That would be almost world-class. But even today, going 19 to 19.5 and the lactates being in a good place and heart rate is a very good sign. Um, all that bit's kind of irrelevant. Um, I did say there's no doubt if we ran a road loop at 18.7 kilometers an hour, four days before London Marathon, um, I, like the lactates would have been a good sign. Um, needless to say, irrelevant with what happens on Sunday, this has been a useful training block and today was a useful test. In my opinion, it suggests if I went back to London this weekend with the exact same temperature as before, I, I should potentially be capable of 19.1 kilometers an hour, which would be a fairly accurate assumption under the following guidelines. Pre-London 2018, 18.5 kilometers an hour. This was four, four times a mile at 18.5 kilometers an hour. The average millimoles was 1.3. Four by a mile at 19 kilometers an hour. Average millimoles, 1.7. Race pace, London 2018, 18.65 kilometers an hour, roughly 215.55 on the data above, blah, blah, blah. Pre-Dublin 2019, 19 kilometers an hour, four reps. Average, 1.1. So that's lower, lower than half a kilometer an hour, like slower, 
in in London because remember 18.5 was 1.3 millimoles. So for before Dublin, 19 kilometers an hour was 1.1 to 1.2. 19 and a half kilometers an hour, 1.6 millimoles. So that was lower as well. So you'd have to say it looks likely race pace could be within the above range. Now this even surprised me, but even 19.1 kilometers an hour is 2.12.30 for a marathon and 19.2 is 2.11.50, which is getting very close to that Olympics. This isn't a big surprise to me, given that Houston, I should have run 2.13.30 if I didn't go the wrong way and hamstrings didn't seize up, but from the train and done pre-race. Now, if I sat in your office on Monday and we did the same test with the same results and I was traveling to Berlin this weekend, what would you have predicted? And, I, and I'll leave it at that. But basically, the testing worked, you know, and, and I didn't want to share too much on Monday because the testing probably predicted that if I was going to Berlin this weekend, that I could have ran 211 something. Um, I didn't know what that meant for Dublin. Um, I, I think what I said later on in the email that is probably something like, um, in fact, I'll, I'll read you the bottom bit actually, cause I think that's Dublin, in my opinion, is 60 seconds slower than London, roughly. So based on the above calculations, I think I can run 213 at Dublin this weekend. That's 2.12.30 plus 60 seconds. Now, 2.12.30 is actually being generous because if you remember at London, it was super hot and Dublin will not be. Don't be surprised if I exceed expectations this weekend. I will, however, be running at between 2.14 to 2.15 pace for the first 15 miles because the purpose of Sunday is to tick a box for the Olympics. And eventually, in future, I'll have my own opportunity to travel to Berlin, Frankfurt or a similar course and see how I fare. So, <clears throat> right, sometimes there's a minimum requirement for a race, um, and that's why ego was written on my left arm, because I am not, I'm not necessarily in the fortunate position of, like, I can take big gambles or big risks, because Sunday was the only opportunity to bank some bonus points, and if you fuck Sunday up because you let your ego get in the way, ego every now and again will take you to a place that you've never been before and it'll really help you because you know you've got this ego you want to beat somebody and maybe you, you you end up racing them really aggressively the whole way and you beat them and you exceed your expectations but most of the time and in marathon running and in dublin marathon where the hills and all the rest of it ego is going to fuck you up so i had to run i had to run the race that i needed to run rather than perhaps the race that I wanted to run, you know? Um, now, that said, I think because the field had the Moroccan, who was on paper way better than everybody else, like four or five minutes, I might not have even been able to run with the league group this time. Um, I, it was great that I could catch them, um, but I have no idea what kind of paces they were operating up some of those hills, for example, like where I ran a 5.18, I think, up mile 19. I have abs or sorry, up mile 14. I have no idea what those boys ran up that mile. And yeah, that maybe that would have like completely exhausted me, for example. Um, but yeah, look, it, it was a it was a very well executed race. Um, there's been like there's a lot of fucking hard work goes into that. Like, you know, I, like I am obviously very talented and there's no question about that. Like that's and that's I'm very blessed to be that way. But I haven't wasted that talent, you know, like that's three years now in Flagstaff. And and I got really frustrated before because I was like, well, fuck, like, when's it going to happen? You know, like, and not just like 
when not when was the breakthrough going to happen but like i went to london marathon in super shape and it ended up being the hottest year they've ever had and i think there was like a 15 mile per hour wind that day not only a 15 mile per hour wind it was a cross headwind right that sucked then i go to houston marathon in january of this year it's minus two celsius and they're talking about an arctic freeze it was so cold that i couldn't pick up my drinks on the course I then go the wrong way and my fucking hamstring seize up. So like for me, it was like it was learning that marathon and running and and I guess just like life, sometimes it's not fair. And like some people that are really close to me, they knew I was capable of that and they believed in me and they could see it and they'd seen it in training and they'd seen it in my track performances. Like, you know, 2.12.01, you're the fastest Irish runner in 17 years. You've also backed it up with like, 1350 for 5k and i've only done one in the last like two years um 28 30 for 10k on the track you know like i am i am at the moment like definitely probably doing the best between 5k 10k half marathon and marathon um you know i i have that range and so if you have that range at some point a marathon will go well for you and everybody else hears excuses when i finish these races in the past and it's not like it's not like I don't perform, you know, I, I was still PBing, but I was PBing, and then next to the PB, I'd write down a piece of paper, a little star, and the little star would say, Arctic freeze, or the little star would say, fucking heat wave in London, and then it would say, you'll get your day, right? And so all that happened on Sunday is my health came good, my body came good, I didn't go the wrong way, my hamstrings didn't hurt, and the weather was amazing. Not to mention the crowd, the atmosphere, like it was electric, like, um, and I really feed it off that. And, um, and, and that's why it came together. You know, it was the exact same effort that I put into my previous marathons. In fact, I think it's my lowest average heart rate of them all. <clears throat> At London, I averaged like 170. At Houston, I averaged 167. And in Dublin yesterday or on Sunday, I averaged 165. So it was probably my, one of my most controlled marathons. And that's probably why there'll be another star next to it that says, I think you can go faster. Here's why. Pick a course that's flatter and not hilly. You know, like maybe you'll be able to work a bit harder from the start because you'll not having to be, you'll not, I'll not have to be careful for Olympic points and careful not to blow up, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, maybe there's, maybe there's room for even more improvement. Um, but I don't, I don't think like that, like, Am I annoyed that I didn't run to eleven fifty nine? Not not at all. I am I am ecstatic that like I had a good day. I, I remember telling people like, you know, what do I want to achieve before I retire? Um I just wanna know that things just went right. There wasn't a shitty Arctic freeze. It wasn't super hot. I didn't go the wrong way. I just wanted a marathon where start to finish there just just wasn't that many complications. And and Sunday gave me that, you know. Um, can I go faster? Of course. Might I never go faster again? Possibly. Um, might that be the best race in my career for the rest of it? Maybe. Um, I don't know. None of us know. Nobody knows what is their big day and, and what is the day where they just exceed expectations and deliver and and then that's it, you know. They they have a couple of near near misses or a couple of good races in their future, but nothing quite like that. I don't know when that day is. Um, 
I still only run about 90 to 95 mile a week. Um, I still think there's room to grow, but we just, we just don't know. Um, has my performance mix Kevin's at Berlin? Um, now me and Mick both go ahead of Kevin on the rankings now at Dublin. You know, that's, that's a super impressive thing. Um, but ha- has all three of ours plus Hugh Armstrong running 214 odds? Like, you know, all of a sudden you have three Irish athletes in the same race breaking 215. Um, has it has it moved Irish marathon running to another level? Absolutely. Um, you know, I I, I broke a forty year old Northern Ireland record. I I didn't even know. <laughs> you know, I, I I someone reminded me like after the race when I got to the bar, um, and and I just people kept saying like, how do you feel? And I was like, I don't know. You know, I, I it was so raw for me. And, um, but yeah, it was it was super fun. It it was I I did I said it was the best day of my life, and I truly I truly mean it. It really was. Um, to come down that final mile and see see that I could catch an athlete, and I mean I had I had to run the final like I don't know like six hundred meters at sub four thirty mile pace to catch him. Um, I think I my last the last portion of my race was four twenty eight per mile. Um. And I was I was roaring as I went past him, which like it's probably like me being dramatic, but I fucking loved it. Loved every minute of it. Um could I have sprinted a bit more and got my two eleven something? I, I don't know. Um maybe. Um but it's fine. Like honestly, like I say, I'm 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 ecstatic and <coughs> I think I can go faster. I don't look forward to having to match my splits from Dublin because you know, I ran the last 10 miles in about 49 minutes something um i think my friend told me that on the tracker at i ran like a 3008 10k maybe between 30k and 40k um not ecstatic about having to try to do that again um, and I, I i could feel how fast i was running and um yeah but i think when you're having a good day that's just how it comes together you can't predict that or plan that um sorry i'm just having some coffee um so yeah my body hurts a bit and i've got a sore foot actually a different a different place than before it's more like right on the sole of my foot um might go get some more massage on that area today because i didn't get it touched yesterday or my quads or my it bands and stuff um yeah no I'm, i'm really happy and i i was really happy for dublin marathon like um i i've grown a lot and i'm not as selfish and um you know i finish and jim Hockney hugs me and, and jim's really supported me for probably the last three years like financially and um sometimes it's just little amounts of money and and like you know i like i, I quoted yesterday that in 2017 my first ever altitude trip my my macbook broke and i was up there and my web development was the only thing keeping me going and you know jim sent 500 euro to get it fixed <laughs> that's fucked up that's that's so kind and it's not it's Dublin marathon's money but you know they don't have to do that you know not not every organization is going to do that um and i hadn't ever committed to london dublin at that point and you know i remember telling my parents like i i think that's the kind of thing that eventually will make me look at dublin and be like i'd love to win that for him um because going back then i had no funding and no under armor and um i wasn't getting support from anybody back then it was just me you know, I just finished playing rugby and all the rest of it. That's the kind of guy Jim is. Um, <clears throat> I he was quoted yesterday. Now I don't know if this is true or not. I didn't hear him, but all my mates from Belfast were asking him how, how 
how how people might go in the men's race. And I think the quote was something along the lines of that he potentially thought I was the, I don't know, like the the guy that could really surprise everybody in the field, or I don't know how he put it. But then he said, but but Scully's a rocket. <laughs> I laughed a lot at that because bless him for Jim. Like one week I'm in Dublin and I want to race it. The next week I'm like, hey, people have told me I'm not allowed to race it. And, and, and I don't think like people appreciate that. Like sometimes I don't get to make my own decisions, but the minute Doha was over, I just knew, I, I knew I could do Dublin. I, I knew it could really help the Olympics. And nobody was telling me that I couldn't. Not a fitness test, not a gym test. Like I, I was going to be on that start line. Um, but yeah, no, look, there, there's been a lot of, a lot of really fun. Um, a lot of people that were very happy after the race. And, and I love to see that. Um, and yeah, so a little bit croaky today. Body's a little bit sore. Um, I'm going to take a, a few easy days and, <clears throat> what you might find what i do is like i might jump on like a spin bike or um like i might go aqua jog for example um just because i i, I mean i don't have a, a job to just go to today and you know work nine to five and then come home and relax like it'd be long days for me if i'm not doing anything so the next few days might involve some swimming or aqua jogging or spin bike or some yoga um so I'm going to try to get something like that hooked up. I'm going to try to figure out where I could do that. Um, and yeah, look, it's, it's a, it's a good time. It's a really fun time. Um, I, I, I think the Olympics is close. Um, I, I did some maths yesterday and, and I think my, put it this way, the average score that I'll have is an average score that I would have been delighted with next May or June if it could have worked out that way. The kind of score I was aiming for was like, um, two fifteen zero zero at Dublin, or maybe just slightly faster, plus the forty five bonus points. I kind of thought I might end up with an average score of about one thousand one hundred and fifteen. Um, it it now looks like I'm going to be on one thousand one hundred and twenty five. Which to get one thousand one hundred and twenty five points, you have to run two twelve forty five maybe or two twelve thirty. So that puts it into perspective. Um. I should be in a really good place, but we've never had this qualification system before. And so, who knows, guys? Um, but, oh, my MacBook nearly dropped off this couch. Um, but there you go. Um, fuck, the journey goes onward. And isn't it so brilliant that the podcast is called The Journey to Tokyo? And this little fucker might actually end up being there, <laughs> which is so weird. But, oh, that's so fun. Um, Yeah, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care now. Bye-bye.